Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. is Sports Day with Badge and Sats for Kia. The all-new Kia Sportage has been unleashed. Welcome to it, a Monday night edition of uh, Sports Day. Gary Belcher coming to you from the Parramatta Eels home studio tonight. Have you got this song blaring? I have now. That must have been written in their first year, 1947. <laughs> That's threatening, that song. That really is threatening. It's, yes, yes. Been a while between drinks, hasn't it, for the Eels and their halcyon days of the 1980s. Great club. Great club. And, a, and a tricky one. And I'm actually glad I'm in the uh, Parramatta Real studio tonight because it sounds like it could be pretty violent in the, <laughs> oh, just the uh, sports Badge, day just studio. Just What's going on between oh, you two? Oh, he's just, just being annoying, Ben. Dealing with imbeciles. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> a concern. Same. <laughs> okay. He does okay. Well, this, I'm in the Mick Cronin studio, thanks for asking. Oh, I'm, good. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm dedicated <laughs> good. to the mighty Michael Cronin, the boy from Gerringong. Um what a, what a star he was. Well, what a, what a champion bloke as well. Well, our guest tonight that you blokes spoke to this afternoon and just sitting in the studio listening mm-hmm. uh, to you guys chat to this bloke, he's also from Jeringong. Brett Kenny, of course, was born down that hey? way. Was he, he? Yeah, he was. He was born what down there. Now, now find, has home on the, on the central coast. But he... Can um, you Google that, Sats? It's already been Googled, mate. <laughs> wow. No idea. So he'll be joining the uh, he'll be joining the show in a two part interview tonight. I thought he was a Bankstown boy. No. Yeah, I think he's. I'm yeah, a Bankstown anyway. boy. <laughs> oh, there, there. Well, you. you but anyway, you Google it, Badge. Well, you can't Google it at the moment, Badge, because you're involved in the program. But boys, okay. uh, we will have a chat to. Well, you have a chat with Brett Kenny uh, real soon, and I tell you what, uh, having already heard this conversation, it's a beauty. Mm. It's an absolute beauty, and some of the. Th- Stories that he tells. He's one of our greatest players of, of all time. How he's not, not an just of an era of all time. Should he be in an immortal, boys? Yeah, I think he should be. But I think, I think the reason why he's not and hasn't been spoken about at, in greater terms around uh, immortality is that he played in the same era as Wally Lewis, and Wally just basically just owned that era badge, didn't he? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're so right, um, Sats, but. Then again, you know, Raper and, and Gaznier and Langlands all played together. and I, I, I don't know, but if you make a case for Brett Kenny, then you can make a case for Laurie Daly and for Peter Sterling and, and for, for Steve Rogers. And it, There's just this big group of guys that sit right below in, in some people's eyes, and in, in, in the judges' eyes. But I've got to say, if, if you know, I had to vote on whether Brett Kenny was made an immortal of our game or not, and I... 
and you took a couple of hours to just watch his highlights reel, that wouldn't be long <laughs> enough. I, I think you'd be you'd be jumping out of your skin to put a big tick in that box. Badge, can I say, you bring up amazing. a really good point. At the end of our interview with Brett Kenny, you bring up a really good point about some of the players that he forced them into other Displaced. positions who yeah. are now immortals. Mm. Amazing, yeah. Uh, of course, Brett Edward Kenny, uh, born in Canterbury in New South Wales. Can- so yeah, he's a Bankstown boy. He's a Canterbury Bankstown boy. I don't know. Where'd you get Jeringong from? Uh, it was on some stupid website. <laughs> Like bookface. Lucky we're not. Like bookface. Lucky we're not live. Can we start again? Yeah, we can. And, yeah. And we're getting texts coming <laughs> through sorry, now Bert, from Linda. At the start of the show, you're going. Who are these clowns? I've just had a chat to. Sorry, he was conceived uh, in Jeringo. Is, oh. is that okay? Well, his parents that. were on holiday. Yeah. 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 Text yeah. message on zero four five seven seven three six seven right. three six. Cheers, NTG says. Get real, boys. Brett Kenny is a Guildford boy. Yeah, but he was conceived in Jeringong. Was he? Yes. Oh, okay. I know that for a fact. Okay. Badge was there, <laughs> and he reported in oh. on it. Hey, uh, oh. a person who shouldn't be an immortal, uh, Chris Nelson, uh, will be joining us as well with the latest racing Queensland. I think he had a couple of winners on the weekend. He, he boasts, he gives you winners as tips, gamble responsibly, and then says, uh, oh, well, they ran second. How, how is that handy? How is it he handy says, at $1.04? Four? Oh, yeah, that's no good. No, you're right. That's no good. If he says this is an each way, it's a good odds. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, uh, Joel and Fletch back from holidays. We'll catch up with them. Uh, hot topic tonight. Apart from your favourite Eels player mm-hmm. of all time, boys, how about this best goal-kicking forwards <laughs> of all time? And they'd be toe pokers, wouldn't they? Oh, no. 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 no not necessarily. Well, one of the best that I ever saw was a guy in Brisbane Rugby League named Shane McNally. He was a front rower. He, he looked big at the time. He, you know, he was about, he was Marty Bella size. He was like five foot ten or five foot eight and about six foot wide. Biggest chunky thighs. And he just kicked them, toe poked them from everywhere. But there's been some good ones since then. Who, so. was, the, uh, who was the first person to, not, not the first person, the round the corner kick badge? Came uh, from Johnny England. Gray. Johnny Gray. He was a hooker. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, um, and of course the the great Dave Ferner. Yeah. That's what Point made me think of this badge. I saw I saw a video of him on on Twitter or something. I thought oh, I'm going to throw this up on Monday night because I, I can't think of many. I You've actually got to be can't. A few more I can't actually forgotten. think. Of, I mean, Paul Gallen in his last game kicked a goal. Is <laughs> <laughs> that, that quite? There's that a pretty qualify? good goal kicker that, that's retired recently. Recently, which club? Melbourne Storm. Oh yeah, oh, my mate. Jeez. He was seriously. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, forwards. I, I I think of front rows in second. Yeah, yeah. Are hookers forwards. Are they? No, just, they're, they're not. Just extra backs. Much, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you a front row, <laughs> listeners out there. If you're a Bulldogs <laughs> fan and a Warriors fan, Gavin Hill. Remember the big ball playing front rower? Played for the Bulldogs and the Warriors. Played for the New Zealand mm. as well. Gavin Hill, front row, big front row too. He was a goal kicker, around the corner goal kicker. Okay. One of my favourite human beings of all time in the rugby league world, Craig right. Fitzgibbon. Well, let's leave, let, let's oh. leave a few for our listeners. Craig That's, Fitzgibbon, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good kicker. All righty, 0457 736 736. That's our text number. No doubt Sporty Gav will be all over this. Uh, your greatest goal-kicking forwards to ever play the game. And, of course, we're after your favourite Eels players tonight as well. 0457 736 736. Let's quickly get into this. 
Sports Day Sports Update. Uh, Did Mick Cronin, Mick Cronin ever pack into the back row? I reckon maybe one scrum. Mm. That puts him. One of the great goal kickers, toe pokers. Yes, sorry, Woogie. No, no, no. I'm just I'm trying to work out Danger's text that's just come through. Uh, Sats, can you work that out? Wagga, where was the Queen was born, it? sir? Don't read these live. Mm. Where's the Queen born, born, sir? But what's that emoji that's on there? I don't know. It's, it's a female. I don't know. He's on the cans again. So. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Gavin Hill from the Bulldogs, boys. Great goal kicker. Matt from Dora Creek. Yep. Yep. Some good ones coming through. Uh, Australia through to the World Cup uh, T2070s. Uh, semis is good news. India uh, are out. They'll take on Namibia oh. in, now, a, in a big no, clash No, no, tonight. no. Hang on a sec. <laughs> Backtrack a little bit. India are out. No, 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 no. no Australia win, winning the yeah. the T20 game the other day to put them in That's the semis. That's awesome news. And Dave Warner outstanding. Yes. Yeah, but this time last week you wanted him burnt no. at the stake. No, out mate. of the team. Now you're like cooking steaks in, the team. in. You guys are full of to it. celebrate him. Woogie, well, you did. No, you did. You, you did. said he should be out. Not only are you full of it, you're getting deaf. I said he, he and you guys said this too. You gave him two innings, two innings yep. to get runs, and he did that. And I said, if Dave Warner fires, we go well at the World Cup, and that's what's <laughs> happened. Oh, Jesus. Big comment just, that isn't it? You've just rewritten history. Of course, history. if he goes well, they go. I they did win. not rewrite history. <laughs> you did so. <laughs> one at a time here, boys. I can only fight one at a time. <laughs> Honestly, and he was struggling. You he were, was struggling. You, this time last week, you wanted him <laughs> retired from cricket altogether. I did not. Out of the Ashes. Did. Should he play? Should he open for the Ashes? <laughs> I did not. This should be our hot topic. You are the prophet of doom. You are. Has Has Woogie done the greatest backflip ever on the show? You're one of the great jock sniffers I've ever, ever met. Seven three six seven three six eighty nine off fifty six balls. Woogie, you said. He should be on the next flight home. I did not. One innings does not maketh a man, by the way, boys. Mm. Let's see him oh, do it in the semis. Oh, back at, back at him again. Against hey, a Mitch good Marsh bowling attack. Mitch Marsh went well as well. And remember, they dropped him after the first or second I mean, round. it's no coincidence, is it? As soon as he gets his first two shots, Australia look at their most stable. Mm. So, with the bat, outstanding with the bat, but both games. Mm. Well done to the Aussies. We'll play. Uh, <laughs> we'll play. No, mate, I was all for it. Don't worry. I wanted to see him oh. succeed because I did say that, as us most intelligent experts on cricket have said. Now, listen, I want to move on to we'll play Pakistan midnight Thursday night uh, Queensland time. Yep. 1 a.m. Friday morning New South Wales time. Yep. So that'll be And, a, and a England big versus uh, New Zealand. Yeah. How about India? It just goes to show money doesn't get you into the finals, does it? How no. bad do you reckon that'll be going down in India right now? Oh. Missing out? Well, Ravi Shastri's going to lose his coaching job. Does this save Justin Langer, boys? Really? Is this a pass mark? Well, what about the comments over the last few days Helps. that Justin Langer should have the responsibilities? There's too many responsibilities for the Australian coach now, where he's test coach, T20, there's too much on his plate. I mean, there's a lot of formats that are thrown in there now. But but really, uh, like it's it's hit and giggle, isn't it? It's so it's mm. so easy to have a, a dud game or go out and all of a sudden you hit a few, you sneak one down to the fence, and you yeah. smash them around. It's just so it's so fickle that game, mm. the T Twenty. And you've seen you know India, red hot favourites or up in the top two before the tournament and playing great cricket, but they've you know had a couple average performances. They're gone, and Australia have bounced back from looking like. Seriously, look, they should have almost packed their bags and come home early, and now they're into the semis. It's, it, you shouldn't be judging coaches on that. 
Mm. T20. Be good to see Aussies uh, and New Zealand in the in the T20 World Cup final, wouldn't it? It would be. That'd be awesome. That'd be absolutely awesome. Yeah. Uh, Tigers and Knights fans, the Luke Brooks saga is not over yet. Satsy. Yeah, well, the West Tigers are saying he's going nowhere. I don't know where all this discussions are coming from. You know, he's the Player of the Year. Got to remember, he got their Player of the Year award this year. The West Tigers. So why would you be letting him go if he's your best player? Um, now. There are a lot of people that, that that argue that Luke Brooks wasn't the best player for the West Tigers, but at the end of the day, his name's on the trophy. So um, you wouldn't let him go, and the West Tigers are saying he's going nowhere. There's been a lot of news over the last 48 hours, uh, 72 hours, around how Andrew Johns would love to be able to work with Luke Brooks. He's always been a huge fan of Luke Brooks, Andrew Johns, and, and him going back to Newcastle as a consultant and working with Luke Brooks, but putting the cart before the horse. He's not going anywhere. That It's management... They're trying to not not the Knights management. I, I think it's you know, Mitch Mitch Pierce's manager is trying to get him a deal sorted so he can leave. He's actually he's he's not getting paid at the moment. About ten grand a week he's on or more. He's not getting paid as of November one. He's done it like a gentleman a handshake or a gentleman agreement here with the club and said, "You don't have to pay me until this is sorted out." But I really want to go to France. I think that's where his heart is. He's kind of had enough of the NRL. Mm. He's given like 15 years service. He's ready to go. But the Knights are saying, well, hang on, we need someone. We need a replacement. We need someone there. So they're trying to, I don't know, bring pressure on to get Luke, Brook, Luke Brooks over from the Tigers. But the Tigers at the other end, they've got Jackson Hastings coming, but they don't want to let Luke Brooks go. Mm. Hey, what about this this thing at the Broncos and, and Sats? I know you don't mind this. Kevin Walters has had his contract torn up uh, and he still had a year to run it, I think, didn't he, boys? And this year. Yeah, yeah they, he had they, a two-year deal. This is his second year. Yeah, and they, 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 they've torn it up and they've replaced it with a, another contract, which is performance-based, with a three-month notice clause. You like this, Sats. You'd like it I introduced to players. I don't you? like it for coaches because you need stability in the coaching. But... Yeah, Kevin Walters has signed basically an employee agreement, just if you're a, a normal employee and uh, you get paid weekly and he's on a, a reportedly an amount of around four hundred, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars $450,000 a year. Like you're saying, performance-based, if they make the top eight, the top four, the minor premiership, win the premiership, he'll get incentives based on that as well. I like it for players. I do like it because we've got players that are trying to swap clubs two years out from the end of their contracts, don't want to fulfil their last year of their contract. So um, making the players on employee contracts allows you just to move players on if if they're not um, if they're not buying into the club and, and performance based if their performances aren't up to your expectations. But Kevy Walters, I mean, this is unprecedented when it comes to coaching badge because with coaching you you need a solid unit that has a bit of say in development and recruitment for the future of the club, but. Badge, you know Kevy better than anyone. There'd be a method to this madness for Kevy. Well, I, I just know he's a great guy, and he would just said, whatever's needed, I'll do it because I've, I'm going to back myself in. I, I can't see this ever becoming the norm with players because the Players Association and, and the NRL agreeing to that. There's no way they could do that deal. Um, I, 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 you know, the couple of things really worry me about this, and that could be, um, you know, a, a board of directors that's, that's trigger happy that it goes, oh, well, you know, let's just get rid of him. It's it's difficult at times, and they've got a two or three year deal or a couple of years to go on the contract as a coach. And you know, I've seen it proven wrong before. There was a campaign to get rid of Ricky Stewart years ago for, in the media, and then you know, a year or so later, they made the grand final. Mm. You, you've got to have some long term vision. Um, the the other worry for me is this: if players think 
that the coach's position is tenuous and the team is struggling. I, I just wonder about some of them if they're really going to, you know, are they going uh, to gonna let him take the fall? Are they going to be quite prepared to, to let the coach take the fall? Team doesn't perform. Club gets rid of him. Bring a new coach in and, and they move on. I, look, I, I'm concerned for Kevy with this. I, I get where he's going. He's got a better side coming into this year with the Broncos. But I, I can't see this becoming the norm. So that's, could you imagine a, one of the, the top echelon of coaches, Bellamy or Bennett or any of those guys, agreeing to this? Mm, no. A standard not. employment contract? Yeah. Not a chance. Microphone back Are you on, there, Woogie? Yeah, I am here, Come back, mate. In. So Come back in the studio. Sorry, Close hey, the door behind you. 0457 736 736. What do you think? Uh, is this possibly the way to go for players uh, down the track as well, having heard what Sats had to say? We've got to go to a break. Before we do, a couple of quick text messages on 0457 736 736. Best goal-kicking forwards, Craig Fitzgibbon's got a couple of votes here from Chris Terry Madison badge, boxhead. Oh, Good yeah, he was the f- First kicker, wasn't he, at the yeah. Broncos? He came on board in 88. Duggo from Sevo. There's a couple here for Corey Parker, the Silver Fox. Yeah, he kicked a heap of goals, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he was a kicker for a long time, actually. Great um, kicker. Evening, lads. Forwards that kick goals. Greg Florimo. Oh, yeah. Modern day Siaso Taukaaho. Yeah. He missed a couple Flo- from right in front of him a couple of times, Flo. <laughs> yeah, Flo was a, you know, he was a 5'8 block, wasn't he? So Yeah. Um, hey, what about this one, Badge? Yeah. A player that... You would have played against England. Peter from Maryland's former West and Balmain forward, Lee Crooks. Lee Crooks. Yeah. Yeah, he was at Castleford. I played with him, actually, as well. Okay. Hey, we're getting heats yeah. for Henry Tartanar as well. Henry Tartanar was a great forward, great Kiwi forward. Uh, my dad was the captain of the 71 tour to New Zealand. I think Henry was the opposite front row for that tour. They beat yeah, Australia. Well. They upset Australia. Keep your texts um, coming through. Lots of them. Greatest uh, goal-kicking forwards of all time and your para, your favourite Parramatta Eels player of all time. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day uh, for the whole brand-new Kia Sportage. She's a good-looking car, this one. It's been unleashed. When we come back, we unleash Brett Kenny. Part one of your great chat you had this afternoon with the man. That's next on Sports Day. Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats for Kia. The all-new Kia Sportage has been unleashed. And a lucky bounce and one of the best dummies, <laughs> a Brett Kenny, one of the best Brett Kenny dummies you've ever seen through in your life. Of them. Oh, didn't he? What? Can mm-hmm. I just go through some stats for, for Bert here, boys? It's unbelievable. Clive Churchill medalist twice, 1982, 1983. Golden Boot Award, 1985. The Lance Todd Trophy in 1985. That's, is that the best player in the English Super League? Challenge Cup Final, yeah. Challenge Cup Final, Challenge right Cup Final, yeah. Uh, Dally M, Representative Player of the Year, 1986. Australian Hall of Fame, 2008. Played 265 games for the Eels. Four premierships. A dozen dummies in those premierships. <laughs> 17 origins for the Mighty Blues. 20 tests for the Kangaroos. You're a bludger, Bert. You haven't done much, have you? No, well... Yeah, I don't like trying to do too much. You know, I like to just do it quite and easy, you know. <laughs> oh, before, before I throw the badge with the first couple of questions, I want to ask you a quick uh, quick uh, question. 
1986 Kangaroo Tour that you went on with Badge, who had the better mo, you or him? Oh, he did for sure. <laughs> you know, he was, he was there for sure, you know. But, um, I remember mine, I grew mine in, on the 82 Kangaroo Tour. It was very ordinary. <laughs> and uh, but I stuck with it, and uh, yeah, it started to thicken up a little bit as I got older. <laughs> the badge well, certainly that, was better than '86. I don't think they appreciate just how in they were, how fashionable <laughs> the, the Mo's were. But there was most of the team, Adam, didn't they? Hey, um, good, good to talk to you, mate. That's um, that '86 Kangaroo tour that brings back some great, great memories. But I want to go back before that, um, those those premierships. Um, for the Eels, the, the three in a row, 81, 82, 83. And a star-studded back line with, with yourself and Sturlow and uh, Mick Cronin and, and, and Guru. And uh, There's a bloke for mine that probably hasn't ever got as much credit as he deserved, and that's Steve Eller. I mean, he was something special, wasn't he, the Zip Zip Man? Yeah, you know, and, and I, I agree with you. I think, you know, when, when people talk about no matter in the early 80s, and they always talk about, as you said, you know, that back line, and, and he he doesn't get as much credit as he, as he deserves, you know, and, and it was just great playing, especially inside of him. And, and I, I remember actually saw it, I think earlier today, they had, um, I think, uh, a special on, on Eric Grace, and it was, um, but they showed you some games from the, uh, oh, sorry, it was the other night, the, the 82 grand final, and, um, and Zip scored our first try, and it was just, you know, me playing at 5'8", I was able to drift across the field a little bit. Chris Close came up quick. I got in behind him. And there was Zips down. He was just running onto the ball, you know. And, and that was what he was like. He, he was the type of guy that could put himself into a hole. He knew where the mm. hole was. All I had to do was make sure I got there in a position to pop the ball up and he would be able to take it. And, um, you know, and he was a very, very good defender. I don't think a lot of people realise just how good a defender he was. And, um, you know, it... As I said, it just made it so easy playing at 5'8 when you've got guys like Mick Cronin and, and Steve Ella. And I always remember, and they talk about guys that with a sidestep and, and, and how good they are, but they all slowed down to do the step. And Zip never did. And I remember we played Manly at Belmore Sports Ground and Paul Horton was standing behind the line, first line of defence and Zip had taken off from dummy half come to Paul Vorton and stepped in that quick, Paul Vorton fell over. You know, he just couldn't, he couldn't change quick enough. He just fell to the ground and uh, that's how good he was, you know. And, um, you know, he, I, I think he would have a record, I think he scored seven tries against Wales in the 82 Kangaroo Tour and uh, I don't think that'll ever be beaten. Yeah. Just what a wonderful side. When you go back and watch those games and, and you know, I'd... I'd it, it, it's hard. You can't really say that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the footy's better and faster and quicker now. But I look at that Parramatta side of the 80s and just just magnificent. Which which was the most significant or the best or the, the greatest grand final for me, given that you scored two tries in three grand finals in a row? But does any one of them stand out? Is it, is it 81 because that was the, the you know, you finally, um, finally broke the duck? Yeah, well, for me, yeah, that, that's the one, and, and for a couple of reasons. One, because that was the first grand, first premiership we were able to win, but two, it was the first grand final I'd ever played in. So I was never fortunate enough to play in a grand final or, or semi-final as a kid. And um, so, yeah, to have, you know, the very first grand final you ever play in as a first-grade run was something very special. And, and uh, yeah, then to actually come out and win um, was even more special, and it helped a lot of the 
the area in Parramatta and all the supporters and, and just the people in general living around that area because, you know, back then you, you were known as the Westies and, and that and, you know, we weren't as good as the people on the northern beaches or, or the eastern suburbs and then all of a sudden, you know, they're able to walk around and say, well, we've got the best rugby league team in New South Wales. Um, you know, we've, we've won a, a grand final, won a premiership. So it was good. That was good for that as that reason as well. But yeah, as I said, it, it was that's probably the the one that stands out for me because it was my first grand final and the first premiership that we'd won. Yeah. But oh, I love listening to the the debuts of some of the great players in the past and talk about a baptism of fire. We all remember our debuts for whatever reason. Your debut in nineteen eighty as a nineteen year old up against South, not only up against South, but at Redfern Oval. What, what were your memories from your debut? Well, I got to admit, I shit myself when I got on there. Um, it was very, you know, you, you just weren't sure what was going on. I remember, you know, you watch the first kid sit on the bench after having a game in reserve grade, and and back then you get everyone could sit on the bench, and you know you watch the game, and yeah, that was alright, but it was, you never expected to um, actually get out there and play, and and um, yeah, it was a, it was a bit daunting at first, but. I'll be honest, like after a while, I thought, this is not that hard. You know, it's not as hard as I thought it would be. But then a couple of years later, you realise, and, and, you know, the reason it wasn't so hard for me was because of the guy I had playing inside me. There was a gentleman by the name of Mick Cronin, and, and um, yeah, he really did look after me. He made sure I never got knocked around much, and, <laughs> and that's why I thought it was such an easy game. It wasn't too difficult, but it was the fact that he... He made sure I wasn't wasn't knocked around. He looked after me. He probably took a lot more knocks than he normally would. But um, yeah, it was very daunting, and, and especially against South at Bedford. You know, it, it, you just didn't like playing down there. Well, I know I wasn't that keen on playing there. And, and a lot of times you'd, after the game, you'd, you'd be wondering whether your car was still going to be on the wheels. But you know, it's just one of those things. That was a great. But you know, I mean, that was the thing about playing there. As much as you didn't like it, the atmosphere was great, and that was what it was like back then. It was just one of those things. There was areas you didn't like to be in, but you know, it was all part of playing rugby league, and it was all part of life, and it was just just a, a good experience. Now you had all the speed, you had all the skill, all the exciting players, the players you mentioned, and but Ray Price, just the ultimate competitor. Was he the guy that gave you that hardened edge as a side? Yeah, look, he was. I mean, he was like he was a gladiator, you know. He, he just and he just kept going. It didn't matter how hard you hit him or whatever, you know. He, and I mean, he was the type of guy that would give as good as he got, and he certainly come in for a lot of attention. I, I think um, I, I always remember Peter Tunk saying that he, you know, he respected Ray Price, and and he, he knew, you know, as far as they were concerned, the Bulldogs Price he was one they had to get off the field. Mm. Had to try and get him off the field, and and you couldn't do it. And, and to me, that shows that the respect that he earned. People just knew that if we could get rid of Ray Price, we had a good chance of possibly beating Parramatta. And but he was the guy that sort of led us. You know, even when he wasn't captain, he still led us. You know, by by his, his his actions, and he would lead from the front. And he was that type of guy. He but he was also the same type of guy that if he you know he'd, he'd cop a lot of injuries, but. You know, he'd be up to one, two o'clock in the morning icing his injuries and he'd be ready to train again Tuesday after a Sunday game. And, um, you know, there was a lot of guys that come Tuesday. It was, back then was always a physical night. You never wanted to train on a Tuesday night, but he was always there ready to do it. So very, very professional. Hey, hey Bert, 
you know, uh, you, what, your second year or your third, sorry, your third year in the top grade and you get picked to go on that Kangaroo Tour in 1982, which was, uh, you know, the, the first team that ever went through undefeated over there. What was that experience like as a young bloke with all those, you know, seasoned stars around you, Steve Rogers and, uh, and co, when you were one of the young blokes, you know, Wally and Mal and, and, and yourself? Yeah, it, it, it was certainly a, a great experience and, and something that, to be honest with you, I didn't even expect. I I didn't even realise after the game, you know, that there was a kangaroo tour on at the end of that year. And, um, you know, a lot of people were saying to quite a few of us that, oh, you know, you might get selected on the kangaroo tour. I didn't even know it was on. And then, you know, <laughs> I got my name, my name read out at, at the league club. They, they said, oh, here's the, the players that were selected from Parramatta. And, I think there was five or six of us, and I, which I thought was good because I was sort of... I didn't know many of the guys. I, I think I may have, that year, 82, I may have played one State of Origin game. I So I didn't know a lot of the guys, and and, and uh, having the Parramatta guys with me helped me a lot. And so I'm not, I wasn't the sort of guy that would go and introduce myself to people that much. I was a bit shy, and, and uh, so it was good having those guys there for the initial week, I guess. We just sort of hung with Eric. Eric Grace and Steve Eller and but then eventually you got to meet, you know, get to know the other guys and because I, I one of the reasons I think we were so successful on that tour was because a lot of the senior guys, you know, the like Captain Max Frillich and um Steve Rogers, Craig Young, Rod Reddy, like these sort of guys, uh, Les Boyd, they had all of us young guys be part of what they did. And there wasn't any segregation with the groups. It was it was just everyone was together. And I thought, you know, that was a big thing. There's a lot of us guys, as, as you say, well, was my first tour. A lot of the guys from Parramatta, with the exception of, of Ray Price, it was all their first time away on a kangaroo tour. And But to be sort of feel part of that group and, and part of all the senior guys, I think it, it was a big thing for us, especially for me. And, and I learned a lot, you know, from Steve Rogers was one of my idols. Mick Cronin was, you know, here I am being able to play alongside both my idols. And and um, I guess Steve Rogers, in a lot of ways, sort of took me under his wing while I was over there and looked after me a bit and was always talking to me about things and and um, different things on the field. And, um, and the other one, I, I, too, was, was I've got to give a lot of credit to, was Wally, Wally Lewis. I mean, you know, Wally went over there as vice-captain and 5'8", and, and I've been stuck playing in the test as 5'8", but he was there, he was always talking to me, giving me suggestions and, and all, that, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I thought that was very good, you know, because, mm. you know, a lot of times guys just get a bit upset about it and not want to talk to you or have anything to do with you. But Wally was, was the complete opposite. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience. And I must say I learned a lot over there. Not nothing much about rugby league, but, geez, knew how to drink pints and gamble. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, at a casino right next door. So that didn't help. Yeah, you're, uh, yes, absolutely. That was a problem at the Dragonara. Uh, and and that leads yeah. me to you because you've you've played amazingly well over there every time you went you went on the eighty six tour and I was there uh, just watching you um, but in eighty five you played in that probably the most famous Challenge Cup final ever and and you you won the Lance Todd Trophy uh, when Wigan you were playing for Wigan and your your Parramatta teammate Sturlo is playing for Hull well, there must be some amazing memories from that game yeah it was it was a great experience you know. I mean, I remember watching FA Cup finals on TV back home and, and, and um, you know, watching them play at Wembley Stadium and would never have imagined that I would ever play there one day, you know. But here we, are, here we were and, and um, 
Yeah, it was a, a magnificent arena. And, uh, the, the dressing rooms were were um, built at, at the at the far end of, of the the grandstands, and and there was a long tunnel to get out onto the field, and um, just very daunting, I guess, when you're walking, and there was just deathly silence, obviously, from both teams. No one was sort of saying too much, and and then you got out out onto the field, and there was this massive roar, and there was a hundred thousand people there. It was just a magnificent sight, and, and just it was just like a a sea of red, white, and black. Because with Wigan, who I played for, were red and white, and, and Hull, who Sterlow and John Muggleton played for, was were black and white. And so yeah, it was it was it was good to get out there. And um, I mean, I I got into a bit of shit before the game even started, and people were blowing up because I had my hands in my pocket, I had my tracksuit top on, and I didn't know what else to do with my hands, so I put them in my pocket, and <laughs> that was it. We lined up, and of course, we'd meet all these dignitaries of the rugby league and all these other people and I often say, you know, I kept thinking to myself before the game, like the week leading up to the game, maybe Princess Di. I might get to meet Princess Di. You know, she might <laughs> yeah. be out there. And, and I, well, I know she wanted to meet me, but um, <laughs> it was it was one of those things. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it, but and we got to meet the Duke, <laughs> got to meet the Duke of Gloucester. I thought, who the hell's the Duke of Gloucester? But anyway, I shook his hands and... <laughs> But that's all they did. I just, I don't know what to do with my hands, you know. And so I put them in my pockets and everyone thought it was being rude. I wasn't trying to be rude. I just had nothing else to do with my hands. I felt uncomfortable keeping them down by my side. And, <laughs> but I shook hands with everyone and, and had quite a bit of a chat because I was always introduced as Wigan's Aussie player from Australia. And, and people were saying, oh, you know, what's it like down there? And so I have a bit of a conversation with them. And, but I was, yeah, all I wanted to really do was just get out onto the field and, and nothing changed for me. The, you know, I walked on and they thought I was, you know, they just thought I had no interest in the game and and that. But, um, but I heard Neil Hunt was on the, uh, doing some of the commentary and he said that, uh, no, no, he said it's not that he's not interested. That's what he does. And when he does that, you want to be careful because yeah. he, he's pretty well revved up, ready to go. And and that was the way it went. And we, of course, yeah, we won the game and I won the Lance Todd Trophy and, and um, was told I was the first Australian to ever win that, so that was something very special. And but the thing I was really dirty on is, I, like you got to remember that's back in 1985. Now, now we we have betting on everything out here now. Well, they had it there back in 1985, and you actually could have had a bet on who would win the Landstock Trophy. So I was a bit disappointed I didn't get told that because I would have backed myself and Sterlo. <laughs> I could have won a bit of extra money there, you know, with it, um, because. The week leading up to the game, it was all about Sterling for Hull and all about me for Wigan. So the odds are whoever won, we only have to have half a decent game before we get the man in the match. Yeah. And I was a bit disappointed on that, but was very happy to, to receive the award, though. There you go, part one of the chat with uh, Brett Kenny. Uh, the next one, not too far away, well, around about 20 minutes' time, part two of that chat coming up. This is Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Sportage has been unleashed. When we come back, the Kia Top 7. Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats for Kia. The all-new Kia Sportage has been unleashed. 
Now on Sports Day, the big moments from a big weekend in sport. The Kia Top 7. The all-new Kia Sportage has been unleashed. There's been a lot of big moments in sport over the Mm. weekend. Let's kick it off at number 7, please, Satsy. Well, the Wallabies, they lost a tight one to Scotland 15-13 overnight. Some dubious calls against them. Yeah, there were. Yeah. Scotland, they've got the wood on us, haven't they? They have, yeah, they have. Three in a row. Third in a row against us. Uh, Number six, City, Man City, won the derby, the Manchester derby on Saturday, 2-0. Alcancelo. Bernardo Silva was tiptoeing round the back and has squeezed it in. And right on the cusp of half-time, De Gea, hitherto brilliantly impeccable, has been somehow outwitted by little Bernardo Silva. Well, uh, Anton Di Pasquale Our is mate. again ADP. claiming someone again. We had him on the show last yeah. week. He claimed his third win in five starts at Sydney Motorsport Park. He's loving it there. He crossed the line eight seconds clear of Shane Van Gisbergen. Two quarters remain here for Anton Di Pasquale. Final corner coming up for him. And this has been a lovely drive for him. Lines are up. Now it's just a simple process of changing gears all the way down to the flag. Earlier in the week, he was sparring with Tim Zhu with the Australian light middleweight pro boxer. And right now, Di Pasquale throws a knockout punch in race number 24 of the championship. (laughs) Beautiful. Van Gisberg won the... Yeah, he's well ahead. I think Jamie Wincup, he's well ahead of him. I think he came in like 15th or 20th. He won the first race on the weekend, Mm. uh, the Giz. Uh, number four, Max Verstappen won an action-packed Mexican Formula One Grand Prix. Yeah, he certainly did. And, yeah. and old mate, Ricardo caused a prank. He's on in the some first... trouble. Is he? People aren't liking him. They Ooh. thought he caused a, what do you call a, a pile-up, a melee like, of cars. Like real people, like on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number Ooh. three in the Kia Top 7, if you're a boxing fan, Canelo Alvarez, he produced an incredible, it was, real, it was brutal late Flight fight flurry to to defeat the American Caleb Plant in Vegas yesterday. He become boxing's first undisputed super middleweight champion. Great, great, love it. Uh, now the uh, the McKinnon Stakes at Flemington on uh, the weekend. Zaki, who bounced back after not being able to run in the Cox Plate, uh, had a great win uh, and made it a record ten wins after he won on Nature Strip. Uh, James McDonald he won on Zaki, so a record ten wins at the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And number one, Sats. Number one, well, it's all the Aussies in the T20 make it to the semis. And Dave Warner, well, he was the hero. Uh, you, you want to get it done. They, every ball makes a difference to the net run rate. And get it done, he has. And in a rather anticlimactic fashion, Australia win the match. And, of course, we'll play uh, Pakistan in the semi-final. 1am New South Wales time, Sydney time, Friday morning. Uh, that's the Kia Top Beauty. 7. This is Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Sportage has been unleashed. We'll grab some news headlines. And Chris Nelson's next. Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats.
This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats for Kia. The all-new Kia Sportage has been unleashed. On Sports Day, time for a Racing Queensland update. Queensland is your place to race this year. Yeah, we interrupt uh, Chris Nelson right now, who's watching old Samantha Fox videos on the computer. <laughs> Got no. Love yeah, I'd love to know your history search. But anyway, we, why are you watching Sam yeah. Fox uh, videos? I'm not. It's uh, actually, Jace, it's on the TV. And oh. I just put some... Uh, it's on MTV Classics in Top 50. So I didn't put it on. It's not on my computer. It's just playing in the background. I swear to God, it's not. It's not. It's All right, mate. Not. Hey, listen, uh, we had a big weekend of racing around Queensland. Another big week coming up. We have got a big week coming up. And, of course, last Saturday at Eagle Farm, we had eight races. It topped off a, a very busy uh, Melbourne Cup week. Uh, a couple of impressive winners. Certainly, uh, Go Wanji, who just goes from strength to strength. He won again. He was a... What is he? Bank teller odds, Kerry Packer odds, Jace, $1.16. He officially started. So, well, there wouldn't have been too many people back to him. But he was very impressive to the eye once again. He's been uh, the medium of some offers from Hong Kong, those offers last week. I'd say he'll be getting some more offers this week, or the owners will. But at this stage, they're not going to sell. They're quite happy to race the horse, keep on uh, racing a horse in Queensland, take him through his grades, which is great news. Yeah, excellent news. Now, this week, what have we got to look forward to? Another busy week. Not quite as busy as last week, but we kick off at Townsville tomorrow. We go to Ipswich for the Metro meeting on Wednesday. Mackay Thursday. Friday's at Gatton. That's during the day. We have another Sunshine Coast meeting on Friday night. No Sunshine Coast meeting this Sunday. The meeting's on Friday night. At Doombin on Saturday, we have the listed Keith Now, which uh, tells us that the uh, Summer Carnival's only a week away or the start. So the Keith Now will see some really good sprinters going around there, resuming from spells. The Gold Coast and Toowoomba, and there's a host of uh, country meetings as well. So a really busy week coming up once again. And as I said, the uh, the racing in Queensland, the carnival's on the doorstep, so things are really going to hot up over the next uh, week or so. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Uh, we'll chat uh, tomorrow, mate. Yeah, we will. We'll chat tomorrow. I look forward to that. Sports Day News Headlines for Polaris, Australia's number one off-road vehicle brand. Yeah, let's uh, get into the news headlines. Australia's east coast is heading for a soaking this week with warnings of flash flooding and high winds in some parts. This might be the uh, mm, the storm sorry. before summer. Already muggy where we are today. It's incredible. And some good news for our listeners, particularly danger in cans. A glass of wine or beer a day, only one danger, could keep the doctor away, according to a major new study into alcohol consumption among older Australians. Good news for your missus too, Sats. The Monash <laughs> University-led research has shown moderate alcohol intake in older Australians is better for hearts and overall health than, than not having alcohol. Apparently. That's good news. Well, I'm the only older Australian here, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. OK for me, not yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. News headlines for Polaris. Get range of confidence for the price of a quad. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Weather, grow your business as an FBN community builder. Sydney tomorrow, possible late shower. Top of 24, the Central Coast, partly cloudy. 23 tomorrow, become a Farmers Business Network community builder and introduce the future of farming to your community. Sats, quickly, give us a text message on 0457 736 736. Hi, boys. Great goal-kicking forwards. None better than Reese Martin, Papua New Guinea forward. Had about 93% oh, success yeah. rate. And also yeah. George Tailforth from the Doggies. 1967 grand final. I think he, I reckon he kicked the goal from about 55 metres out. It was amazing. 
Yeah, boys, stick well, around. Yeah, I know you guys are going to stick around. Part two of your chat with the great Brett Kenny, the Eels legend, is next here on Sports Day. Thanks to your new redesigned Kia Sportage. We'll be back soon. Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.